Hello and welcome to Testify right here on Hope TV where you look and live on Testify. Our faith in Jesus Christ gets to grow some more. My name is Sharon Aitore Wangenya and I'm so happy that you made it to be with us this day. Please let us uh, know where you're uh, watching us from. Anything you'd love to let us know on our platforms. That is our SMS line, our WhatsApp number, as well as our social media platforms. Today we are honored and privileged to have... Um, Pastor Paul Masharia, he has an incredible, incredible story of how God delivered him from 17 good years of depression. And I know many of us would wonder, 17? Yes, he's standing here today to testify of God's deliverance, of God's doing in his life. So Karibu Sana, let me bring my guest on board. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hello. Good to have you. Thank you. Karibu sana. And everyone, I'm sure, is amazed. You mean 17 years. Yes. So before we get to that bit of this story, mm -hmm. uh, where does your journey begin? Where did you grow up? How was it growing up? Yes. Um, okay. I grew up um, as a Christian, first of, all, first of all. And then somewhere along the way, I stopped being a Christian. But um, I grew up um, in Nairobi. And, um, but... Um, my father uh, is, was a diplomat, so we got a chance to travel around the world. So I grew up partly in Italy and also in, in Canada. Mm -hmm. And so, but um, I came back to Kenya in 2002 um, after, uh, after being uh, abroad for some time. And, uh, but the depression had already started. So, but um, just to let you know, I, I was brought up as a Christian mm -hmm. and um, in the ways of the Lord. And... Um, I was a normal kid, just like any other kid, but um, challenges came along the way. All right. Mm -hmm. So you grew up in a family of how many? Um, six children, two parents, so eight. All right, great. And uh, so you said in 2002, that's when you came back to the country. Yes, yes. And was it that time that now depression started or had it started earlier? Yes. Well, um, I'd gone to um, a state called Minnesota in the U.S., okay? That's where I was for some time. Mm -hmm. So um, actually for about nine years, I'd gone there to, for some studies, but somewhere along the way, things didn't work out the, the way I wanted. Mm -hmm. So um, in, in the course of time, I got depressed. And um, uh, my depression, um, I'm not really sure how it started. I'm not really sure the genesis of it, mm -hmm. but I have several theories. Um, I'm thinking maybe it came as a result of failed expectations. Um, when, I was, when I was growing up, as I told you, I grew up like a normal kid. I had big dreams, and uh, one of those dreams was to be, um, like I said, a diplomat or an ambassador like my father, mm -hmm. travel around the world yeah. and give my children that kind of a heritage. Another dream I had still was uh, being a computer scientist. I was actually um, accepted at a university for computer science, mm -hmm. but I didn't. For one, once in one reason or the other, I did not complete my studies. Still, another thing that I wanted to be for a long time is a pilot or a flight engineer. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. So um, that was my... Big dreams. Dream for a long time. Big dreams, yes. Yeah. yes. So um, I was actually accepted at a university for aeronautical engineering, mm -hmm. but for one reason or the other, once again, I did not attend. Mm -hmm. Are these reasons that you could avoid, or is it, was it finances? What, what, what was it? You got it, finances. Okay, all right. It's finances. All right. So um, another big dream I had of being, as I was growing up, being a great evangelist. I don't know if you know Reinhard Bonke. Mm. Those days, yeah. So I thought that would be good to conduct great crusades, bring people to Christ, you know. Uh, people get uplifted, you know. 
I had a big dream to be like Red Bonke. But um, uh, I found myself working at a supermarket, you know. Mm. I'm not saying working at a supermarket is, is bad, but um, this was the, the situation I was in. That is now in, in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yes. Okay. So um, you can see that that is what is called failed expectations. My, um, it didn't look like I was going to advance, you know, in life or anything like that, you know, get much pay or, and I was certainly not doing the kind of career that I wanted, you know. Mm. So um, that is what is called failed expectations. Experts call that failed expectations. When you have that, you end up having depression and, you know, thoughts come to you, you know, you, and um, your brain has a certain chemical called dopamine. And that is responsible for making you feel good. So when you have failed expectations, that dopamine depletes. And then, um, so that's probably what happened to me. And, um, and so when that happens, you probably will want to get the dopamine because you can get it by doing other activities, but you probably end up doing the wrong activity, mm. you know? So some of the things I chose to do were alcohol, cigarettes, also got into womanizing. Because um, at that time I used to go to nightclubs on Thursdays and Saturdays, you know? So, Anyways, what happens when a person um, does the wrong activities, the dopamine depletes, and then um, they want to do something else which might bring back the dopamine, but something worse, a bad activity. So that is probably what happened to me. Mm -hmm. Another theory as to what happened was probably the depression came as a result of stress and poor decision-making. Here I was working at a supermarket. I couldn't open up to the people. I'm not in a kind of career that I want to be. So it was really, it brought a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. And um, um, the poor decision that I made, you won't believe it, is I chose to become homeless. You, know, you chose? I chose to become, nobody told me I chose myself to become homeless. Oh. Let's see what a poor decision. That Why? Probably because of depression and just being confused. So, so what did you do? You left home? So I had a lovely apartment and a nice car. And I decided I wanted to, to figure out my life, to get my life a little more, you know, in a, in a better place, maybe research or something like that, or figure out, figure it out. I was trying to figure it out. I thought that if I move out of my apartment, I'll save on rent costs, you know, and um, maybe I'll figure out how to get my life together. I mm. think it was, in hindsight, I think it was just a confused decision. So um, I took my stuff from my apartment, moved them into my car, other things I threw them in the garbage, I remember gifting one of my neighbors. I had a mountain bike. To him, I told him, you want this mountain bike? It's yours. He said, uh, he was really pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. And then I walked off towards my new life as a homeless person. I moved into my car. And so that, that's, what, that's, how, that's how that started. When all these things were happening, where was your family? Were they in Kenya? Where, where yeah, were they? They were in Kenya. In Kenya. All right. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So you had gone to the U.S. to study? Yes, yes, yes. All right. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Let's yeah. continue. Yes, I'd gone to US to study, but um, I didn't have the money to, All right. to, to complete my At that degree. time, your dad was not um, still no, working as a diplomat? No, he had stopped. He had, he stopped. had, stopped. He had stopped, yes. All right. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, anyways, uh, my depression lasted for a long time, over 17 years. So uh, that is a very long time. Kept going round and round in circles, trying to figure it out, you know. And even when I came back to Kenya, I thought that... Um, things would improve, you know. This is a problem with abroad or something like that, but it continued on. Mm. So, anyways, let me tell you a few things about, to, to give you a better picture of how it was. Okay. Um, I remember there was a time that um, um, I was in my, I actually stayed for two years as a homeless person. 
two good years. Yes, yes. You'd wake up in your car, sleep in your car? No, actually what happened is my car broke down. So I used to run my car all night because it was winter, you know. I'd run it all night for the warmth and I'd be there sleeping. But after like a week of doing this, my car couldn't have take it anymore. It broke down. Wow. <laughs> so now I became homeless proper without a place to stay, without a car to sleep in. So anyways, I stayed for two whole years without bathing. You know, it was really uncomfortable. Uh, and I, I really sympathize with people, you know, homeless people now. I'm like... <sighs> you know, I was just about to ask you, how does it look out there? Because in Kenya, at least we know, yes. or in Africa, someone who's homeless, they would, you know, be probably sleeping under a trench somewhere or under a tunnel, yes. under a tree. How is it in the U.S.? It's a little better. There are those people who sleep outside, but there's also, they also have good, something good, which calls it um, shelter. Shelter. People. Yeah, okay. they have that. And I actually slept in some of I'll tell you that a little bit later on. Okay. So anyways, I used to go to, um, how I used to bathe is I just go to a public bathroom, maybe in a mall or something like that petrol station, wipe myself with some tissue, put some perfume, deodorant, then I'd be good to go. Mm. At this time, I was still, part for part of the time, I was still working. Mm. As, um, at the... At, at just the uh, supermarket. Okay, at the supermarket. So, um, I was working with them, and they, they didn't know that I was homeless. Of course, I hid it from them. They would probably have fired me if they found out I was homeless. Mm. I was still working, and, um, and uh, in hindsight, I'm like, maybe some of their reactions, their facial reactions, is probably because I was smelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know that, you know, I'm, I'm not, maybe they'll wonder why that guy smelled. <laughs> but anyway, that's in hindsight. Okay. So, also, I, there was a time during my homelessness and depression, the time I was in my car, and um, this, at this time I still had my car. What I would do is I would drive from neighborhood to neighborhood, you know, maybe a parking lot or something like that, or a supermarket parking lot, and sleep. And then wake up, go to a different place that I'm not conspicuous and mm. found out. So at this time, I had gone to a church parking lot. There some cars scattered around. And so um, I was set for the night. And uh, so um, it was about 11, 12 o'clock. And so I was asleep. I was trying to sleep. And then lo and behold, I heard some, I, I noticed some flashlights on, on the back of my car. And I heard a knock on my window. There's a police. Mm. <laughs> so they came and uh, they knocked on my window. I rolled it down. You know what I would say? You know what do you say? I'm, I'm just relaxing. You know what? It's at <laughs> night, eleven o'clock. You know. Yeah. So we had started the conversation, and um, but during at least I knew one thing. I had a valid driver's license. Mm. And that is important there. Okay. That's the most important thing. So they asked for it. I gave it to them, and um, there were about four policemen. They went, checked on their computers. They came back. One of them was a little mean to me. He told me, this is not your driver's license, you know. What do you mean? Yeah. You know? So then they went ahead and told me to drive away. And that's the paradox right there. Police are telling me to drive away without a driver's license. Driving and now I don't have a driver's license. That's illegal, you know. Mm. They kept my driver's license. So at the time, I was kind of bitter about that. But now I just laugh about it. Yeah. So also, there was another time, still in my homelessness and depression, I was at a mall. I think we have malls now. We didn't have malls in Kenya back mm. then, but now we have malls. Everybody knows what a mall is. Yeah. So anyways, I was at a mall, and um, I was not there to sleep. At this time, my car had broken down. I was not there, I was not there to eat. I was at a food court, several food, food, food outlets. So I was, it was cold outside, and I just wanted to sleep maybe for two hours or something like that, you know? Uh, I was at a table, had my hand on my chin, and... Um, and uh, I had a magazine or a newspaper. I was pretending to read it, you know. 
really, I was trying to sleep. I closed my eyes, I was trying to sleep. And then, um, and lo and behold, the security guards found me out. And when I noticed it, that they're coming for me, I, I got up immediately, went to the line, the food, because I had some money. Mm. I was going to buy some food so I could be legitimately there. They would have none of it. <laughs> they just came, they grabbed me. So I was kicking and screaming. They took me away. People were wondering, hey, what are you doing to the guy? I'm like yelling. Took me, mistreated me in the, in the basement. And then um, they released me later on. So I actually went to court uh, later on and explained the situation to the judge and I was exonerated of this. But um, at the time I was so bitter, but now I'm like, <laughs> it was just a funny experience. Yeah. So yeah, so also um, let me tell you that my parents, um, when they saw that I wasn't communicating with them for like two years, because I wasn't communicating, I was going through my depression, like I told you. But, but did you things. know that you were actually depressed? Did you, did you understand what was going on I in your life? So I was not. You didn't? No. Okay. But the symptoms were there. A All counselor right. would have told you, certainly I'm depressed. Right. Or, or a psychiatrist, but I didn't know it myself. All right. I thought I was figuring out the situation. Mm -hmm. So anyways, my parents became worried because I wasn't communicating with them. You know, we didn't have WhatsApp, we don't have Facebook at that yeah, time. Yeah. So was, there was no way to communicate easily. So anyways, I came all the way to Minnesota to look for me. I was like, ah, where is he? Well, they did. Yeah, they did. Oh. And around, yeah, around that time, 2000, 2002. Okay. They went to the jails, what? They didn't find me. So they went back to Kenya very worried. They didn't know if wow. I was alive or dead. <laughs> I only found out about this later on. Yes. So... Also, during this whole homelessness, depression thing, I also remember uh, there was a time that um, I, was, uh, I was sleeping outside, okay? So uh, it was winter again, and uh, I didn't have my car, so it had already broken down. So uh, I had a sleeping bag. I was going to sleep in there somewhere, like a forest, okay? Some trees, some bushes, somewhere where nobody would be able to see me, mm. you know, like the homeless people do here. So I was set for the night. And uh, so um, I had my sleeping bag, I had my gloves, my scarf, my hat, uh, more than one layer of clothes because I needed to be warm. I was trying to sleep, but it had snowed. It was, it was icy. Mm. So there was, there I was trying to sleep. Every time I would try to sleep, my feet would get frozen. I'd have to wake up. I'd sleep again, my, my fingers freeze. It was so frustrating. You know when you want to sleep and you just can't sleep? Yeah. It was really frustrating. I don't think I slept for 10 minutes the entire night. Wow. <laughs> it was really frustrating. Yeah. yeah. So also, mm -hmm. I, um, I remember at another time, um, I was at, um, you know, they have these bus routes over there that run all, all through the night. So, um, you know, so uh, it was winter again outside, really cold. So my plan was to go ahead and, um, and just uh, basically take, uh, take these buses which run all night take it to the, uh, from, from the beginning till its destination, sleep through for one hour, then take and it back. Take another one back, yeah, uh, just like that. So that's what my plan was, to stay warm, because it was warm in the bus, right? So um, my plan flopped, because <laughs> we got to the destination, all the passengers had left, and now the driver noticed, you know, who's this person back there, you know, he came back to me and me, I was asleep, you know. And he yelled at me, and what, what, what? I was like, oh my goodness, I'm just trying to sleep. But of course, he was just doing his job, you know? I understand that, but it was really frustrating at the time because there was no winter outside, so I had to go out in, in the cold. Yeah. You know, so, that's part of the frustrations with depression and homelessness. All right. So, w what, what, what necessitated you coming back to Kenya in 2002? How did you end up back home? Yes, yeah, so, okay, several things happened. Mm -hmm. um, actually, 
met a, a, a group of Christian brethren, and that's how I got out of my homelessness. Yes, so okay. they were witnessing. I was at a restaurant, and so they were witnessing to some people, and so um, they went ahead and um, I, told, I told them I was homeless in, in the course of our conversation, and so that's how I got out of homelessness, and they, they, gave me a, they took me to their university, and um, so they gave me a place to sleep, and that's how I got out of homelessness. That's how I got my first uh, bath or shower in two years, you know, so it was, felt like paradise, being able to sleep in a warm house for the first time in two years felt like paradise. Mm. Anyways, the plan was that I could enroll at the university, but um, I had to come back to Kenya first. All right. So I was suspicious of this. I thought, if I go back to Kenya, I'm not going to come back again. Mm -hmm. And, and you want, do want to come back to Kenya. Kenya. <laughs> Kenya's really bad. Okay. <laughs> so one, one evening, I just packed up my belongings. I didn't even tell them. I slipped out of the university and went back to Minneapolis. Okay, being homeless again. Being homeless again. <laughs> All right. I preferred that, yeah. Okay. Yes. So, anyways, um, I remember also in my homelessness and depression, I remember there was a time that um, um, it was cold outside once again. Eh? And, um, and so I went to the to cinema. I paid for my way into the cinema. And the plan was to go ahead and uh, sleep in the sleep cinema, maybe four hours. The movie gets finished, then I leave and go. Mm -hmm. So I went there, I sat down in, in one of the chairs, and um, unfortunately, I slept completely, you know? And uh, the movie ended and everything. And so then the cleaners, they came and cleaned the place, cleaned everywhere, cleaned all around me, but they didn't notice me for some reason. Mm. And so I woke up at 7 a.m. 7 in the morning, like, where am I? My goodness, I'm at the movies <laughs> all by myself. <laughs> I looked right to it. I could see some light had, um, had was, was trickling in from the doors, the exit. So I realized, hey, it's 7 a.m. How did these people clean around me? You know, the movies were over. I didn't, did not notice me that I was in there. Mm -hmm. so it was really surprising to me. So I went ahead and slipped out. So at least I could get out at the exit from the inside. Of course, you can't come in from outside. You need the key. Yeah. But I was able to leave from inside out, you know, because you could open the door that way. I slipped outside and went away, and eh, I thought that was quite an experience. Yeah. Also, um, also another thing I remember is um, at one time I was uh, in a bus, okay, and um, and so I uh, still, I was still homeless and going through my depression, and um, and so I met a coworker, a former coworker of mine, who had worked with her at a fast food restaurant years before. I was actually her manager at this restaurant, mm -hmm. and so. Um, so we had a conversation, and it was interesting because her life had gone on. It was progressed. She had actually married, and she had married one of our co-workers. You married him? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. But they, only had, they already had a baby, you know. So it was quite interesting because her life had progressed. Mm. Mia had been her manager, and now I'm homeless. Yeah. I didn't tell her I was homeless, you know. But, um, you know, it was just interesting that her life has progressed, and me, mine is at a standstill. Mm. So... Anyways, um, also, um, during my depression, during this time, I still had dreams of getting into the music industry. Okay. So I, I was writing some music, you know. I think I wrote about eight songs, but they were very, you know, very mm. rough kind of songs, you know. Okay. Not very high standard, you know. But I was hoping to get them produced at professional studios, but I didn't have any money to do that. Mm. So, so what was happening to the money you were earning? Mm -hmm. Did you continue working at the... Um, the place you were working? Yes, yes, yes. You continued? Yes. Uh -huh. I, I was working at that job. I worked, um, I think, for a period of about two years. 
And then I believe it's because of stress that I got let, let go from the job. Mm. But um, uh, the money I used to have when I was not living at an apartment, you could see I had extra money now. But one of the things I used to do is um, I used to eat very well. Mm. I was homeless, depressed, but I used to eat very well. Mm. A big paradise. <laughs> I used to eat at one or two restaurants a day, can you believe it? And I'm homeless. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, one or two restaurants. So one day I would go to, you know, these Greek restaurants, which they have gyros. I don't know if you know those. Very mm. delicious. I would eat that. Then maybe uh, some other time I'd go and eat um, burgers and fries. Very delicious. You know, they love that. Yeah. Eating good food. Okay. And then other times I would eat something they called chicken kebab dinner. Like a tortilla okay. with um, some chicken in it and some sauce. Very delicious. Whenever I would go there, they, they just know. You want the, the usual? I'd say, yeah, the usual. Other times I'd go eat Japanese and Chinese food. You know, very nice food. Oh, so your money was spent on, on food. nice food. <laughs> and transport and transport and transport. From one place to yeah, another. From one place to the other. All right, just hold it because we need to take a very quick break. Yes, yes, we'll yes. be back in just a few moments. Yes. Stay with us. Welcome back. If you just joined us, Karibu Sana, this is Hope TV. And we are on Testify. Our faith gets to grow some more today. My guest today is Paul Masharia. And we left it at um, just enjoying yourself and your earnings through eating yes, yes, and yes. moving from one point to another. Yes. But I really want to find out, so how did you get back to the country, mm-hmm. to Kenya, yes. and the life after that? Yes. Um, I came back to Kenya in 2002, and um, so um, I'd actually been, got, been taken to a hospital for people who were depressed. And so they saw that the best, uh, well, when I was abroad, they thought that the best thing for me is to come back to Kenya. Mm. Oh, it got to that point where you had to be taken to hospital? Yes, it had gotten to that. Oh. By colleagues or who? Um, actually, at the homeless shelter that uh-huh. I'd gone to. Okay. They, re- they, they recommended me. All right. They connected me to a hospital. So um, that was the idea, to come back and, you know, rehabilitate in Kenya, you know, improve in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So I came back to Kenya very optimistic that everything was going to get better, but it did not. It did not. I continued on with my depression for more than 15 years, you know, in Kenya. And um, when I was in Kenya... Um, I tried to get an education at least six times, but I couldn't. because Six of, times? Six times, yes. Wow. Yes, at IIT, Nairobi Aviation College, you name it. But each time, because of the stress, I would end up leaving. And then um, also, um, it actually, uh, actually tried to become homeless again when I came back to, into Kenya. You came back to your parents' home, right? Yeah, to my parents' home. So you ran away from home, or what yes. did you do? Yes, it got so frustrating. I, was, I thought... This depression, I thought it's something from or abroad, and it's, it's in Kenya too. Yeah. It's, it's harassing me. It's too much. So I decided I'd rather be homeless. So one day I just went ahead and made some of my favorite food, which is Turkish pilaf, mm-hmm. rice um, with um, uh, stewed onions and tomatoes. And I went ahead and became homeless. But um, I didn't last more than three days. Okay. <laughs> so hopelessness in Kenya is worse than abroad. Yeah. <laughs> so I went, back, I, I went back home. I ate humble pie, basically, and uh-huh. apologized to my parents, and they accepted me back. Okay. So uh, then uh, in my home, in my depression in Kenya, it got really serious, because I know it sounds like a joke so far, but it really got serious. Mm-hmm. Because um, during a span of about 10 years, between 2005 and 2015, I began trying to end my life. Oh, you became suicidal? I became suicidal, yes. Okay. And I tried to end my life not once, not twice, but actually four good times. So um, the last time was in 2015. Things really got really bad. I got what I call panic attacks. And um, so I, I, I thought, this is it, you know. But um, 
I, I didn't die. Mm, praise God. God, amen. God amen. had other plans for me. Right. You know, four times tried, but I didn't die. Yeah. So obviously, God had good. Plans. During that time, had you sought any? Did anyone realize that you needed, you know, like a t- an attention of a psych- psychiatrist or a counselor or something? Yes, yes, I, I did start uh, um, seeing psychiatrists. Like when I was abroad, like I said, the, the hospital that um, recommended I come back to Kenya, it's basically psychiatrists okay. who, who, who I was seeing. And so when I came back to Kenya, I was connected to a psychiatrist also. Mm. Because, um, okay, when I, came, when I came back to Kenya, everything seemed to be okay for about three months. But then the, the, the stress came back, and so I, I began seeing psychiatrists. So I continued seeing psychiatrists, I continued seeing psychiatrists throughout mm. the whole period. So, um, yeah, so around 2017 there, 2018, mm-hmm. that's when I got my breakthrough. I began getting the assistance of some counselors, two counselors actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is um, my sister abroad, she's a, counsel- she's a trained counselor, mm-hmm. and another one is a counselor from. Uh, a nearby church from my home, a Sitam Buruburu um, um, counseling center. Mm-hmm. So um, I responded well to their treatment. They gave me good advice, which was all scripturally based, and it started working for me. And so things started improving so much until by the end of 2019, I made the well thought of decision of recommitting my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. Because as I had mentioned to you before, I had been a Christian, I was brought up as a Christian. So it was basically just coming back to Christ. You know, the Bible says that train up a child, and uh, when he's old, he will, he will not, you know, forget. Right. He'll come back to God, right? He'll serve God. So that's basically what was happening, okay? So when I recommitted my life to Christ, I really saw a change, a big-time change in my life. And what I decided was I was going to try to stop all possible sins that I possibly do. Of course, not by my help, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, because mm. you can't do it by yourself. All right. So... Um, I'm not saying that I'm perfect now or anything like that, but I'm much more improved than I was before. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so also I got the joy of the Lord. You know, when depressed people deal with a lot of sadness, I really got a joy that wasn't there before. And so uh, I started seeing progress. This is during the time of Corona now, you know, when everything is shutting down, everything is going haywire. Me, I'm just going ahead and improving and mm-hmm. progressing in my life. So these counselors advised me on, um, you know, on a lot. I think I told you I, I'd written some music when I was homeless and abroad. So they advised me on, on continuing on with my music endeavors. I learned how to play the guitar and the piano. Um, still improving on them. I'm not perfect or anything like, but I'm, I'm decent. And so, um, and so, this knowledge also helped me to to be able to start um, composing music also at a higher level, higher standard than before. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so far I've composed over 40 songs mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to getting and produce at professional studios in the month to come to so stay tuned for that. All right, great. So, um, also um, some more improvements are, I was able to go back to school. Ah. I think I told you that um, I tried going to, going to school at least six good times, but I couldn't each time, you know. It just didn't work out because of the stress, you know. But now I'm not being stressed. I've been in school. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to get my degree in about two years' time. So I thank God for and, that. And we called you pastor because you're studying theology, exactly, right? Exactly, Amazing. Yes, yes, Great. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's not what you originally had wanted to do. Exactly. Why did you want to pursue theology? Um, well, um, when I recommitted my life to Christ, um, somehow I think this birthed in me a desire to serve God. 
I think I told you that um, I wanted to be an evangelist, like Reverend right. Bonke. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it too. Okay. I've always had a little bit of that in me. Yeah. So maybe now it's coming to the surface now. It's just coming out, out now. So I've always had a little bit of that. All right. So okay. Uh -huh. Maybe that's why. Right. So I've also um, I've been able. So now I'm in school. I've been able also to start a band. We call ourselves the Good Samaritans. Uh, we formed this band about um, one year ago, and um, we don't have. We have minimal financing, mm -hmm. but we've been able to progress until the point that we're at today. Amazing. And, um, and so uh, we thank God for where we're at. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> uh, let me just tell you uh, some of the things that I dealt with in my depression. Mm -hmm. In my depression, I can tell you I dealt with anger. Okay, those anger. anger mm -hmm. Yes. So um, a lot of people deal with anger in their depression. And so um, it doesn't mean that I was always quarreling with people. But there was that anger within me, you know? So um, I, would, I would feel bad. And especially when you become homeless and you become more aware of the injustices in society because you're like, why am I homeless? Why do I have to be homeless, you know? Not just me, but why are other people homeless? Why do other people have to have these disadvantages in their lives? Mm -hmm. you know? they, they, were, they didn't choose to be born homeless like any of us. You know, any of us didn't, didn't choose to be born in a home, you know, or, or, or not to be homeless. So... It, it made me more angry about how the injustices in society, so that mm. was there in me also. And so um, another thing I dealt with in my, in my homelessness and depression is um, loneliness. Um, when I was there abroad, I was quite lonely. When I was going through my depression, I would spend many, many hours all by myself, you know, just going, going all around in circles. Your mind is just circling and circling, mm. trying to get out of the situation of depression. So loneliness was there. And what I would say is that if anybody, I don't know, any viewers are viewing um, and they're dealing with loneliness, that is certainly something that they need to get out of. Okay. Try to get some help. Because mm. when, when you have one person or you have two or three people or more, think about a rope. Okay, a rope with one strand or a rope with three strands. You know, which one is harder to break? Of course. So um, when, you, when you've got two or three people, there's a unity there that can help you. Right. And that could have helped me in my situation, I'm sure. Mm. I would encourage others to, when you're lonely, maybe going through depression, try to seek some help. Don't be all by yourself. Try to socialize a little bit. Mm. Let others make an impact in your life. Maybe seek the help of a counselor, maybe a relative, a friend or a pastor or something. But don't, don't be alone. Let others make an impact in your life. Yeah. So another thing that I dealt with in my depression is um, hopelessness a lot of hopelessness and that probably came because of the failed expectations I told you about mm -hmm. before uh, now that here I was I'm working at a supermarket now I'm finding myself homeless and so on you know there's a lot of hopelessness in that mm -hmm. not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel it was really difficult you know it was really hopeless mm -hmm. you know so um, yeah it's not good to live life as a hopeless person and um, you need to seek help if, if you have that problem Right. And what I can say is that there's hope in Jesus, of course. Yeah. This is Hope TV. Of right. You mentioned <laughs> something earlier. Yes, yes. yes, look and live. Look <laughs> to Jesus and live. Amen. Yeah. When we were having the conversation that at some point you turned, you know, to cigarettes and so many other things, mm -hmm. you were hoping to get help there. Yes, yes, yes. But you did not. But now coming to Christ Jesus, you found help. Amen. Yeah, yes. so that goes to just let that person who's watching us today know that hope is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah, they yes. could look elsewhere, everywhere, but the only place that you will find real hope 
is it is in Christ Jesus. Yes. Amen. 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 So how did we how how um with the journey that you have walked for the past 17 years? Yes. Looking back, what do you think you would have done differently or better? I mean, do you do you think there's anything you'd have done that would have, you know, helped you not walk down that path? Okay. Yeah, and what have you learned in that journey? Yes. Um, as I mentioned before, first of all, a poor decision like becoming homeless is, is, is not good at all. That because I realized um, I didn't mention it, but I didn't mention this. But when I became homeless on that day that I moved into my car, and I just for some reason, um, things just went 180 degrees worse for some reason. Mm. It's like you get a sign on your head that says I am homeless now. Mistreat me. Mm. So I would say. I wouldn't encourage anybody to ever make a decision to be homeless because you, these people who are homeless, they have that sign on their head that says, I'm homeless, mistreat me. It, it's very difficult for them to get rehabilitated, to get back into society. And that's what I found in my years of depression. I found mm -hmm. that being homeless is the one thing that really stigmatized me terribly. It really, it, it's like it took all my rights away mm -hmm. and made me look like a can be mistreated by anyone because I got a lot of mistreatments as a result of that. Mm. And this happened whether or not people realize or know that you're homeless. It's like it's like it's, like it's um, um, subconscious. Yeah. It just happens. Right. You, you just get mistreated, you know. So that's one thing I would recommend. I would, I would, I would do differently. I wouldn't become homeless. Mm. And another thing is I would seek for help from a counselor sooner. As you can see, seeing, see, the counselors really helped me. Yeah. But it came really late at the end of the almost 17 years, you know? So right. I would, if I would have gotten help from counselors much sooner or a pastor or somebody, that could have helped. Like I said also, not being lonely, that's important. Don't spend time by yourself. Right. I used to spend time by myself, you know, because I couldn't open up to people, yeah. fear of deportation and that kind of a thing. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend being by yourself and being lonely also. Yeah. yeah so that's what, what would you say God has taught you about himself? Yes, yes. In that journey, mm -hmm. what have you learned about God? Yes, yes. God has taught me a lot. God is faithful. And uh, let me just quote um, Psalms chapter 34, verse 15. It says, this, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And he is, his ears are attentive to their cry. Mm. Now, this verse was written by King David, okay? King David, if you read the Psalms, is a person who went through depression just like myself. If you read that, you will see some of the things he went through. Mm. People after him, frustrations, you know, feeling like God is not there, you know, crying and so on. Mm. Some of these things that King David went through are definitely depression. So what I, what I have learned is that um, God is really a God who sees. His eye sees everybody. And he sees everything, you know. He sees everything you're, you're going through. Right. If you come back to him, he will definitely, you know, hear your, your, your heart's cry. And he'll see what you're going through, and he can see Amen. what you're going through, and he'll go ahead and deliver you. He'll go ahead and help you, just as he helped me. I know I went through a long time, and it was like God wasn't there, but I know God was there the whole time. He was watching the entire time, mm. and he was just really waiting for me to come back to him. Right. Um, after having um, left him, being grown up as a Christian, and getting into, into other things, you know, he was just waiting for me to come back to him, and um, so that he could go ahead and. Um, uh, make me well again. Mm. So I would say that um, that um, um, that that I've really been helped by being 
recommitting my life to Christ. Mm. And God is a God who works. I can tell you that for sure. He has worked in my life. I have no doubt about it. And he can help anybody out there. Amen. Amen. God can help you that is watching us today. And something Paul mentioned uh, to me when we were off is that he got one of those numbers we usually give out on Hope FM for counselors. Counseling at Sitam is free of charge. Yes, it is free of charge, even as I speak to you this day. So if you need counseling, please get some help. 0709-861-240 is our counselor's number. 0709-861-240. That's our counselor's number. Please reach out. Um, get help. There is help available. Counseling is free of charge. All right, Paul, we are wrapping it up. But before we do so, yes. which song do you want to, to, to us to end uh, this with? Okay, the song is called um, Forgive Me, Lord. And I wrote it about uh, the many times that we have challenges in our life. And, um, you know, we fail God. We do the wrong things, and like, like I did. But uh, God is a God who forgives us, you know, for all the things that we do. And so when you come back to him, like I, like, like I came back to him, like when David came back to him, and many people have come, have done, you come to him and he forgives. He's a forgiving mm. God. Right. He's a God of second chances. Amen. And uh, so all we have to do is, is go up to him and ask him for forgiveness. He's faithful, he'll forgive us and, and um, reconcile us back to himself. Amen. So the song is called Forgive Me Lord. Okay. That's a nice, 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 nice place to end it at. And just to remind you that now is the time for salvation. Today is the day. Do not postpone. None of us is sure about that tomorrow. If you'd want us to pray with you, please feel free to write to us. The number is on your screen. You can also reach to us on our social media platforms. Remember to share this with as many people as you possibly can because, yes, the link is uh, right there on Facebook and YouTube at Hope TV Kenya. My name is Sharon Aitore Wangenye. I pray that your faith in Jesus Christ will keep growing. See you next time. <laughs>